Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Zararis. Really good show for you guys today. The content, it it's a coming. We've been doing a lot. We've had a lot of guests this week. We've had a guest all four days so far this week. All really good conversations, different snapshots about different things. Monday, Super Bowl recap with Gabriella Carroll. Tuesday, we talked with the legendary Caps boy Bebop about the Washington Capitals and how to be a good Twitter shit poster. Yesterday, my new friend Josie came on to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, the looming appearance of Jack Eichel, who's going to make his debut while we're recording today's episode. Today, from the Real Good Pros podcast, Liz is liz who you may know on twitter as you know for sure very very canadian twitter handle really good conversation about the leafs and hockey in general and i hope you guys enjoyed today's show but of course before we get to today's show do you got to take care of business like we always say so number one please 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 subscribe to the show Wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, I'm probably missing one or two, but yeah, subscribe to the show. If you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave the show a review. On Apple Podcasts, you make sure you scroll past the recent episodes at the bottom, five clear purple stars, hit the one furthest to the right, five-star review. Underneath that is a button with purple letters that says write a review. Please, please, please take 30 seconds, leave a written review. Leaving your content creators, engagement, feedback, that stuff matters a lot to us. It helps us out a lot. And like I always say, please, if there are other podcasts out there you enjoy, YouTubers, whatever, wherever you see people's content you enjoy, throw them that like, that subscribe, leave comments. That kind of stuff matters a lot to content creators, and it helps. It really does help a lot. So today's show, we're talking about the Maple Leafs, a team that is a tragic comedy in the minds of most hockey fans. They suck up a lot of the oxygen in hockey discourse because most of hockey media is centered in Canada. Both TSN and Sportsnet's main offices are in Toronto. They fight like hell for the Leafs television rights because the Leafs draw the biggest TV audience. The Leafs are probably the biggest brand in hockey. The Rangers and Leafs go back and forth on that. The Rangers have had a higher valuation the last couple cycles in Forbes, but the Leafs are the most, I would say, identifiable brand by identifiable brand in hockey. Wow, words are hard. I know I always say that when I trip over my words, but they do be indeed hard. They've made the playoffs five straight seasons now. They've yet to win a playoff round since the first term of George W. Bush's presidency. They have an extremely talented roster with superstars you know about, some more under-the-radar, little less... Little lower profile guys, guys who are newer to the team, like Michael Bunning, who's a rookie, more under the radar pieces like Andre Kashe, who is a rehabilitation project, somebody who's dealt with a lot of injuries, but when he's been able to stay on the ice, he's been very good. They've got the veterans, they've got the Toronto Maple Leaf Memorial Scholarship for guys like Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons. They gave Morgan Riley a big extension. They traded for Jake Muzzin a couple of years back. Rasmus Sandin and Justin Hole have kind of cemented their way from the AHL into the regular NHL lineup. They seemingly have a pretty good goalie in Jack Campbell, even though Campbell is kind of having a bit of a hard time of late. That's probably a little bit workload-induced. We'll talk about that for sure. 
this is a really good team. This is a team that expects to be in the playoffs every year, and until they win a playoff round, they will continue to be the subject of both jokes, frustration, depression, and every emotion in between. So with that as your appetizer to kind of set the table where we're going today, I'll see you guys on the other side of the drop with Liz. And with that, I'm very happy to welcome to the show for the first time. You probably know her better as you know for sure. How are we doing, Liz? I'm good. I'm good. As we were just saying, I'm pumped about the like women's gold medal game tonight. So I'm having a cup of coffee at six o'clock. <laughs> I very much just had that conversation with my mom. She was, why are you making coffee at 630? I, I got to stay up, mom. <laughs> there are important things to going on tonight. And for once, the NHL schedule lines up nicely where there's a good game at seven, a good game at nine. That'll get you to the women's hockey game. So it, it'll be a buzz of activity tonight, which is what makes it fun when everybody's watching something together. No, exactly. The NHL just stumbles into good scheduling. They never <laughs> yeah. do it on purpose. <laughs> Like, they really don't. You get the random like six twenty five starts in Ottawa sometimes, where people <laughs> yeah. still aren't out, people still aren't home from work. But all right, we got to. People start the aren't game even now. at the arena yet in Ottawa. Yeah. They're still on the four seventeen, and they're like, we have to start the game now. For some reason, we have to be on time for once. So, how I usually start with people when they come on for the first time is kind of try and understand where you're coming from. That way, I have a good frame of reference for our discussion. So I, so I get where. I understand your emotions, what kind of fan you are, that kind of thing. So the, the easiest question is, what's your relationship with sports been in your life? As an athlete, maybe, a fan, what have sports been like for you? Well, both, basically. Sorry, I have sirens because I'm in Ottawa. <laughs> everything that's happening here. Um, I forgot but, about that, yeah. Uh, God, <laughs> I wish. Uh, from both really, uh, I was an athlete, like I ran track and I did dance like all the way through to university. Um, so coming at it from that perspective, but also like, I come from like a huge sports family, like my dad and my grandfather in particular, both like huge sports fans. Like my dad used to play football, used to swim. They're both huge hockey fans. So it was basically something I was like born into, especially like on the hockey side. Like I was joke, I had, I had no choice. I had no chance when I was born. There's pictures of me, like as a baby watching hockey night in Canada, like this was my lot in life. <laughs> How would you say your relationship with sports has changed as you've gotten older? What's different about it for you now? Um, I think now, like, it's almost like I'm like forming my own opinions about it. Like I have my own thoughts about sports kind of thing. Like when I was younger, it was definitely like, oh, like my dad really likes Darcy Tucker. I really like Darcy Tucker. And like, I think these things about the Leafs and I think these things about hockey. And now like I've become more comfortable, like in my own opinions and, uh, more interested in also just like different aspects of like hockey specifically like when I was younger like fighting was so fucking cool to me kind of thing <laughs> and as the game has evolved and even like I guess how as I've evolved it's like I still enjoy a good fight every once in a while but I, I like the speed a little better now definitely understand that as I've gotten older it's been more of a I just love hockey way too much like it takes up way too much of my time like watching oh, absolutely 
watching two or three games a night and my team not involved just i want to see what's going on with the other people uh, no i'm the I... same like i will just put on like sportsnet kind of thing like on the weekend and it's like there's an afternoon game and then there's like the evening game and then there's the late game and i'll just like go about my life like tidying my apartment or watching or sitting down or whatever and i'm just like i would like to just watch hockey right now there's something comforting about it, which is weird because hockey is not really a comforting sport in that way. It's just <laughs> something about the personality types of the people who congregate online. We all resonate with hockey a lot. I think it's just because it never stops. It's just constant action, constant action. So for those of us who are addicted to the dopamine machine, that is the internet. <laughs> hockey, hockey resonates with us very well. It's very easy to understand. No, exactly. You can go on Twitter at any point during the day and someone's tweeting something about hockey and you can be like, hey, I, I know about that. <laughs> I'm in on this. Someone tweeted something today along the lines of you find yourself so deep in an online community, you're entitled to compensation about certain inside jokes. <laughs> and there was the Gucci purse tweet. And I was like, why do I know about this? Why That's do I know? So funny because I literally was explaining the Gucci purse like a whole thing to my friend literally the other night. The other night I was explaining it to him and then today I saw that and I was just like I am owed so much money. <laughs> we have all of these shared experiences now and one of the things that I found weird about hockey is just the sheer like we have so many refugees from other places where it's like there's the remnants of like one direction twitter <laughs> the the wonder the remnants of people who kind of grew out of k-pop there's just so much going on that all these people have gravitated towards all of these white men named Braden from rural <laughs> parts of canada just i don't know what's going on but i really want to do a sociological study on just why certain personality types gravitate towards it no absolutely the fact like the fact that i haven't found at least like 12 like thesis papers about specifically even just the one direction to hockey yes. pipeline because i can think off the top of my head about like i know at least like four friends of mine that that is the exact route they went and i'm like this is just so fascinating to me yeah. especially as someone who was like kind of like bored bored into it and so i've always just been like yeah i like hockey and then it's like why would you choose this like from yeah. here <laughs> like 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 being being in a fandom like it's supposed to be fun enjoyable it's like i love these these are good people they make music you can listen to music whenever you want and then hockey hockey will just suck your soul out of you which is what we're about to start talking about unfortunately exactly i think that's part of the charm you know yeah. it's just you get sucked in you can't escape they they have part of you you can't live your life without whenever you see a gucci purse you just like a trailer <laughs> hall like what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to abandon this hobby and just have that like knowledge in my head? I can't do that. That way too much time invested. So, uh, there's no such thing as a sunk cost when it comes to being a hockey fan. So <laughs> transitioning the conversation along to specifically talking about the Leafs, how would you describe your relationship being a fan of the Leafs? Would you say you're optimist, realist, pessimist, nihilist? Uh... <laughs> I think it depends on the day. I'm truly trying this like season specifically, I'm trying to be much more like of an optimist and specifically like just enjoy how fun they are because I think mm -hmm. that's one thing the Leafs definitely have going for them is that they're a very fun team. They're very fun to watch. They can have the very high scoring games. Their goalies can do the ridiculous saves are like star players can do ridiculous moves they're a very fun team to watch and it's easy to get bogged down in just like the horrors of our past and these like looming nightmares of like 
four to one and what if Mitch Marner stops scoring and all these things so I'm definitely trying to be more of like an optimist like in the moment and but I definitely have those times of just like oh we're so doomed we're so doomed we are the most doomed team in the entire league how does it feel being like the center of everybody's ire because of how the Leafs are covered? Because they are, they're the popular kid in school that everybody knows their business because the hockey center media is in Toronto. So they shove it down everyone's throat. The Leafs get the best rating. So they drive a lot of the conversation. What's it like having to be the cool kid at the table? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it is like, uh, it, it is cool to be like, the storied franchise and have like all eyes on us and it is very like it's amusing when like other people will like complain about us and it's very much the like uh like tina fey like booing meme <laughs> yeah. just like yes like bring it on bring it on but also it's it's definitely like the curse of like like everyone and their mom knows what four to one was like everyone knows 1967 everyone knows mitch marner's cap hit everyone knows everything about our team and so it's almost like this extra layer of pressure sort of thing uh, that you're just getting from the outside like it's not that I care if like other fans like hate the Leafs because that's one of the best parts of sports is rivalries and hating the other teams and everything yeah. like that it's just like there's so much extra attention it's like everyone's watching our like worst moments and it's just like constant reminder and you can't you can't escape it ever so when you think about all of these traumatic life experiences you've had to endure, <laughs> what sticks out to you? Is it the hockey itself? Is it the feelings after the fact? What, what sticks with you years removed? I think what sticks with me the most is just this overwhelming understanding of like this game is truly just a game of chances and yeah. bounces and just absolute luck. Like there's no way to look at like all of these like specifically like playoffs kind of thing yeah. like these playoff losses and not be like if this had just got like if this had just bounced the other way if this person's shot was like two inches lower like it truly shows I think just like the the like um randomness of hockey yeah. and it just leaves you with this feeling of like at least for me feeling of just like I I don't know what to do. Like, I have no control over this. I just have to sit here and experience it and hope that the bounces go the right way for once. Are you a superstitious person? Are you, uh, I'm going to stay in the same spot oh. if something good happens? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm okay. a very superstitious person. If a jersey is losing, I don't wear that jersey. Uh, I sit in like the same, I mean, I sit in the same spot all the time. So like, I don't know why I like attribute it to like success kind of thing, but sit in the same spot um definitely uh superstitious in that way i try not to be because it's so ridiculous because it has no impact but at the same time like if i do something <laughs> and then it goes bad i'm just sitting there like well i mean what if i didn't do the thing it's the like crazed way that uh, like player not players like crazed way that sports fans think of just yeah. like we're we're so in this that we yeah. are like i have an impact obviously 
Oh, very much the same way with the, I won't wear that t-shirt if the Rangers lose a given game. I won't wear that jersey to a game again if they lose in that jersey. And it sucks, because I've gotten some nice jerseys, and they've lost <laughs> two games in them. And it's like, all right, I can never wear this in public again. That's just the burden. You're nice to look at, but I, yeah, can't, it, I can't wear you out. It's too much weighing on me right now. Exactly. Which one sticks... Which one hurts the most? And re- I, I know that's like asking, that's a hard question, but which one hurts the most in retrospect? Oh my God. Well, like, I think it's the Columbus loss because it wasn't even the actual playoffs. It was the play in round. Yeah. And it was just so like, we should have been able to do something with that sort of thing. It was mm-hmm. just so frustrating in that regard, but Then the Habs last year was just like, what the fuck? Like, especially with like hindsight and seeing where the Habs are now with like eight wins, not even. And like, you were telling me that this is the team that beat the Leafs in seven and then went to the cup final. And it's not even like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, they went to the cup final. So that kind of makes me feel a little better, like, we lost to cup finalists. Like that's what, no, we, we lost to the Habs who now are just shambles of themselves. Yeah. Like, what does that say about us? And also I think the Habs one, because like I was saying with bounces, like there's these, like yeah. in like, I th- want to say it was like game five, there was the like, um, I want to say it was Kerfoot like turnover. And then in game six was like the Galchenyuk turnover. Yeah. And it's like, what if, what if that didn't happen? what if that had just gone a different way what if they kept control of the puck like what because then the Habs went to go beat everyone else so like who's to say we couldn't and that's where I think like that's why I think I think the Habs won also just because it's most recent and it's was documented by Amazon and just (laughs) the layers the layers of being the center of the universe the Habs one is like the ultimate Murphy's Law kind of deal where it's just like 10 minutes into the first game, your captain has a traumatic injury and they have to keep playing the game. Yeah. Like at that point, at that point, I'm like, maybe they should call this game and they come back tomorrow. Like maybe you have, when you have traumatic experiences like that, it's kind of hard to be like, all right, hockey, hockey. I'm like, yeah, I'm in this. I want to win. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. Like the Habs win just had so much happen in the yeah. first game and then ended up going to seven and we couldn't even win it in yeah. seven. And it was being documented by Amazon the entire time. So would you say you still have the faith? Do you still have faith? Or is it just kind of this is my life and I've accepted <laughs> what I am? No, I think I have faith. Like like I was saying, okay. I'm trying to be optimistic. Positive. Okay. I'm tr- yeah, I'm trying to be positive. Like, I think that this team very much has the, it, it, it has it in them. I think it has it in the, it, it has wins in them. And it's just something about the playoffs. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or if what it is, but I think that, I think that they can do it. I like to think that they can do it. Okay. When we get to playoffs, I'm very just like nihilistic and like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And they're never going to win a game again. They're never going to score on a power play again. But to be fair, they made me this way. So I'm trying to fight against it. Okay. (laughs) So talking about the team this season so far, how would you describe how the first 45, 50 games have gone for them? 
I mean, like, you can't complain with the record they have. Like, I mean, there are times that, like, like we had the last, like, last week we had, like, uh, two shitty games in a row against Calgary and then against the Canucks. And someone tweeted that that was the first time since, like, October 28th that they didn't register a point in two consecutive games. And I kind of sat back and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine then. Like, I can't complain about this. I mean... Like I said, the record like really shows that this is a good team. Like there's obviously things that jump out, like there's stuff like with the defense and as the season has gone on, the like um, reliance on Jack Anderson or Jack Anderson, <laughs> Jack Campbell and how that's going for us. And there's things that are starting to pop up that it's like, it'd be nice if we could kind of get a, get a wrap on that before we do get to the playoffs. But I mean, like I was saying before, like this team is so much fun to watch. And so the first little while has just been super fun to watch. What are your impressions of Sheldon Keefe so far as a coach? He has still yet to coach a full season because he got his job in the middle of two of the most chaotic years in the history of sports. But what are your impressions of him so far? Isn't that crazy to think about though? Yeah. That he hasn't coached an entire season. Like I realized that at the beginning of the season that this will be his first like full quote unquote like real season. I'm like, oh, okay. Time is so fucking fake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you can tell that the, the guys seem to like him. I think that bringing in a coach that was like with our AHL team, the Marlies like definitely had a good impact especially when you think of how many players on the roster like came from the marlies and so therefore already have experience with keith and like know how he works and he has relationships with those guys already i think that was definitely in our favor especially after mike babcock like that was the really good route to go um I mean, I have like issues with his deployment and line choices occasionally, like Nylander on the third line a few weeks ago. Like, I understand where you're coming from with that, spreading out like the big guys, but also at the same time, why? Yeah. Um, but like overall, like, I feel like he's a good coach for this team. I It seems like the guys listen to him and don't obviously tune him out it also helps that we're coming from like the worst coach ever so it's kind of anything would be a breath of fresh air um but i i don't have any like major complaints i don't think i do worry if this playoffs like round doesn't go well what that holds for keith and even dubas yeah but the old men are very much like circling the wagons for the dog pile on. They are they are itching to throw both of them to the wolves oh, and be like, absolutely. And one of the things I've I really like about what the Leafs do, they're willing to take these reclamation projects. These guys who have been dinged up, haven't gotten enough opportunity somewhere else, and said, "You're good at one thing. That's all we're going to ask you to do. Come here, mm-hmm. do that, and we'll figure it out." Like what they did with Galchenyuk last year. Mm-hmm. Like what they're doing with Kashe this year. That kind of stuff you can find a lot of value out there in guys who haven't gotten an opportunity. I hope when the Olympics are over, Hosein gets an opportunity, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. No, me too. And for the Leafs, it's something that like makes so much sense for them to do, because when you consider like the facilities we have and the like um, medical team we have and everything like that, like it makes sense that if you just have to toss like an, like, like league minimum contract, at a guy and be like hey like even if you just want to boost your confidence here it's like when we had Tyler Ennis for the season and then it's kind of like 
we are happy to like host your coming out party sort of thing. Just yeah. get us a few points and win some face-offs and we're happy to have you. Even like you can even see it with like whenever we sign guys like Thornton or Spezza yeah. or like Wayne Simmons, like got, it's kind of like, instead of the kind of like rebuilding yourself and then maybe moving on to greener pastures, it's the like coming home and being like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I know this team will treat me well. I'm happy. Like Spezza has like a league minimum contract and he said he'd like sign for less if he could. And it's like, yes, please stay here. We love you. When I, I went to Devil's Leafs like two, three weeks ago, Spezza looked amazing. Like, you can tell he's not as fast as he used to be, but everything else is still there between the ears. He, oh. he just, he sees the game so well at his age. And that's the thing too. It's like, I think that signing guys like Spezza and even like Thornton last year, even though it didn't work out too well, but like, I think signing those kind of guys that have this like just incredible hockey IQ and yeah. are just so smart and such like they've seen it all. I think it's also just like a super calming presence because yeah. like, even though our team I guess, like isn't that young anymore. Like I saw the other day that this is like Matthew's sixth season and I had to like sit down, but it adds that like level of like, it'll be okay, boys. Like yeah. it, it's like the team dad kind of thing. And also like going back to Keith, I think that he's like um, using Spezza appropriately. Like yeah. he's not he's not like putting him on the first line with Matthews and Marner like he was Thornton. Like I think he kind of learned his lessons from that and like kind of sporadic Spezza on the fourth line every once in a while a lot fewer minutes is better overall for the team than trying to make him like Ottawa Senators uh yeah. Jason Spezza again part of what's made them very interesting this year is they've been riding the goalie carousel seemingly my entire adult life and <laughs> for basically my entire adult life since I've been watching hockey, whether it was Reimer, Bernier, <laughs> Freddie Anderson. All, uh, there's a lot of guys I'm missing in between there and those two. But I mean, I remember Jonas Gustafsson, the monster who was the savior of the franchise and was not. <laughs> That's goalie's the hardest position to evaluate because aside from like the elite four or five, the other 25, just they're all over the place because mm -hmm. so much of what that position is, is what's happening in front of you. And Campbell had a great first four months, but this is also the most games he's ever played in an NHL season, which is a lot to ask a guy. It just flat out. It is a lot to ask of someone like, yeah, I know this is your first year as an NHL starter, but we want to try and win the cup this year. And you're going to have to start 60 games. That's a lot to ask of a guy. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, that's what happened to Freddie Anderson is yeah. we kind of ran him into the ground because we were like, we don't have anything else. We need you. And that's where October Freddie came from. That's why he was constantly out with injuries. We, Sorry, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. He's having a nice year this year yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. It, that, really it's weird is. how... She it's weird how shit like that works. He kind of looked done last year, but he gets on a better team. He has to do a little bit less. He has he's in a true tandem where he well mm -hmm. not as much as he probably should be because Ronta's been hurt most of the year, but in a true tandem as opposed to a 60-20 split. But for the first three months of the season, Campbell was amazing. He was right yeah, there yeah. with Shesterkin, with Vasilevsky and all the fancy goalie stats. So there's I have been high on the Leafs forever. Every single time I go in the one group chat I'm in and I'm like, I think the Leafs might do it this year. They all, they all, Nick, shut up. 
every single year, I'm like, this is the year. Throw $20 on the Leafs to win the cup. I'm telling you. Every One single year t- will come through for you, so. It's just, there's too much talent for them to not eventually start getting the bounces, which is the hardest part. Yeah. If you go enough times, eventually you break through. That's what we've seen. It's a little bit more extreme with the Leafs because of the way in which they've lost those, but you think about it. Washington took forever. The Blues took forever. The Penguins had six years between their cups. Mm-hmm. Losing is part of this. You have no, to have exactly. that. You have to have that emotional scarring, and the Leafs have enough of it now. No, we really do. I mean, I was listening to your podcast with Noah on the Capitals the other night, yeah. and I was just sitting there, like doing the dishes, like gripping the sink, just like it's gonna happen one day. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen, like, and that's where. I mean, we can even link this back to kind of Freddie Anderson doing better yeah. in Carolina this year, and the burden of being like center of hockey universe. I think a lot of it for the team and specific players is like the media and just this like intense pressure on the team. And I can see how it would start to wear on some guys and how you get down on yourself. And like, like, I mean, Mitch Marner is my favorite leaf. So, I mean, I'm very familiar with everything that comes with Toronto and Toronto fans and Toronto media. And even like Freddie, like it probably was really good to like go to Carolina, which is a big hockey market, but it's, it's not Toronto kind of thing. And you have the tandem and you have like just that little, little bit of like the magnifying glass off you. And it's, yeah, it just, it's It's not for everybody. That's, that's part of the learning experience of if you go there and it doesn't go well for you, you got, that's part of this. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. Guys go to the Rangers, go to the Mm -hmm. Yankees, any of these big market teams and you don't do well for a while. You start to, I mean, every time Jack Campbell talks, I'm like, I want to cry. He takes everything. He takes everything so personally. I'm like, dude, it's not entirely your fault. You might have not had a great game, but it's okay. You're going to play again. It's a team sport, Jack. It's all right. You can, sometimes defensemen are bad and it's okay. It's not just you. I know every time Jack Campbell has like a media availability, it doesn't even matter if it's a win or not. I remember (laughs) they had a game where they won, like like it was one of the high scoring games. So it was like a 5-4 game or something. And then the media avail after he's like, you know, I could have had a few more of those. I'm like, Jack, shut up, go home, go cuddle your cats, talk to like this leaf sports psychologist. I'm begging you. I mean, you think about just how insane it gets. I mean, during the Marner contract negotiations, I think that's like the apex of like the Toronto craziness. Just like, I didn't need like the day-to-day texts of Darren Drieger and Mitch Marner's dad, like every single day, (laughs) just Drieger tweeting, talk to Paul Marner today, (laughs) deal not close. Thanks, thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. oh my God. No, if anyone ever wants just like a exhibit A of Toronto, just as a whole kind of thing, it's truly like the Mitch Marner experience because even you go from like, I want to say it was like the, the 2018 like Bruins series where he was like diving in front of the puck in the uh, like final minutes. And I want to say it was like game three and like build the statue for Mitch. What an amazing yeah. player, all of this. And then the contract negotiations start and you can just hear the kill bill sirens start. <laughs> and like you said, is the constant text from Darren Dreger and whatever Paul Marner was telling him and the constant athletic articles of being like Marner's team. And we're like, we know it's Paul. We know it's Paul. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then just like coming back from the contract and he can't like he's he's still like being an amazing player but doesn't come through in the playoffs doesn't get like and it's just it's so much like it's so much and the thing is when you look at him like what and this always irks me it's like yes i watch the tape like i know i'm a stats guy <laughs> but i do watch the leafs a lot there are not five right wings in all of hockey that are better than Mitch Marner. There are, if you asked all of the other 31 teams, would you like Mitch Marner on your team? They yes. would say yes. <laughs> do not be no. so quick to get rid of him. I do well, not understand it. It does not make sense. <laughs> My favorite it thing. <laughs> it doesn't. No, not at all. My favorite thing is the people who will be like, Mitch Marner's contract is obscene. It's this, it's that. And then they're like, we have to trade him. And I'm just like, I where are we trading him with this contract that you hate so much? Like, I don't know what you're doing here. And like, I'll be the first person to say that his contract is just absolutely absurd. Like it is a very large contract, especially like he's not a primary goal scorer. He's a magnificent playmaker. Like yeah. absolutely. Like just even his goal the other night um, against uh, Seattle when he did like the pat, like he like yeah. dropped it back. Oh my God. Like, he's an incredible playmaker he's so smart he's a great player but it's a very large contract but also like kyle signed it so i yeah. mean like i good for marner's team to get that contract i guess like i would much rather like the final kind of position that i constantly land on is that like i would rather overpay mitch marner than not have Mitch Marner and overpay like other people who don't deserve it because I've cheered for those Leafs teams as well that have like obscene contracts for like Fanuf that's the one that comes to mind immediately but oh, yeah. there's definitely more oh no absolutely and just or just paying like nothing guys that we don't hear of anymore like the like I look at what Matt Martin signed with the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. under Lamorello and I'm like it could be worse you guys at least we have Mitch Marner. It could yes. be worse. How do you think it weighs on you as a fan and the team itself in that you kind of expect to make the playoffs every year, so your regular season is kind of just like a trial run, like rehearsal, mm -hmm. and you know you're only really going to get evaluated based on how you do in the playoffs. Because they've had really good teams in the regular season the last few years, but I'm because they haven't won around, it kind of gets written off. No, exactly. Like, I mean, I think it was last season or the season before we like broke the Leafs record for points. Yeah. We hit, hit over like a hundred points, but then because we didn't do anything, doesn't really like count anything. And I think it does kind of like, it has to weigh on the players kind of thing. Like it has to be just like a constant in their mind of like, you need to do this in the playoffs. Like the regular season does not matter. It does not matter if you get 50 goals, Austin, like, because if you don't score in the playoffs, like then like, what's the point? And I think also like it weighs on the fans as well. And I think that's why you get a lot of like the like super reactive fans, like, especially yeah. after like the Calgary loss where they're like, this, this was a playoff game. And if we can't play this game, then we're going to lose in the playoffs and we're going to do it all over again. And it's like spiraling, like online yeah. kind of thing. And I mean, I totally get it because we have lost every single playoff round we've been in for the last how many years. But I think also like, 
kind of like what I was saying before, like, I just want to watch this team and have fun and enjoy it. And when the playoffs get here, they get here. Like when people are making the comparisons to the Calgary game specifically, it's like, okay, we're not going to play this team again this season, unless it's a Calgary Leafs final. Um, We can't say this is like how playoff hockey is played because like, yes, like, for example, Tampa, Nikita Kucherov, like, does like throw himself around kind of thing like he's a big annoying guy but also Tampa plays a very different game than Calgary we're not going to be playing Calgary in the playoffs like I think it's like trying to keep yourself from like overreacting and like spiraling like spiraling and catastrophizing everything both in terms of the team and the fans (laughs) Oh, no, I definitely understand that because I see the practice lines tweeted for my team on like a random Tuesday and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why do I care this much? <laughs> Why am I getting mad over lines that might not even be the lines for the actual game later? No, but exactly. <laughs> that's the life I've chosen. This is mm-hmm. the life I've chosen. No, exactly. Are the, are the vibes any different this year as opposed to Leafs of years past? Or is that kind of just me projecting based on how they've been playing? <laughs> does I mean I say this every year but like it does feel like a little different I don't know I think like the addition of like Michael Bunting has done I love him he has are like arguably one of my favorite additions that we've made in the last like how long just because I think it's like the gritty annoying like ratty player that like so many people have been like screaming about getting on the Leafs but not at the cost of goals like he is scoring he is getting assists and then when you look at the amount of money he's making like you can't say no especially when like basically his alternative was kind of like Zach Hyman and the contract that he signed in Edmonton like we definitely got like the good value out of Michael Bunting there and the way he plays, like, I think it is really effective. I think, like, it is something that I thought the Leafs needed, but I didn't want it, like, I didn't want, like, a a nobody guy to just be, like, I didn't want Matt Martin back kind of thing, you know what I mean? And I don't know, like, with Spezza there for, like, another year, and then the addition of Wayne Simmons, too, like, those are all guys that make you, like, feel like it's, like, a team kind of thing, and like Mitch seems to be like rolling Nylander's having like the best season ever right now I just like again I say this every year it feels kind of different but it does feel different it just feels like I don't know maybe this is the exact like combination we needed maybe these guys have been together like this group has now been together long enough I I don't know it's definitely there there are vibes what okay. the vibes are, I'm not 100% yet. <laughs> okay, okay. So from a just purely conceptual standpoint, do you think the way they've assembled the roster based on the limitations they have makes sense? Is there a clear plan that if it executes right, should work? I think so. I think okay. that it's very kind of clear that like what the team wanted was that like, hard hitting like top six kind of thing and then a surplus of guys who are great to like plug into places like bunting can play for second third line whatever he needs to do we have comp and cache we have mikhaev who's come back and is doing pretty well especially considering like the injury we he had um we have spezza who's kind of like a, a solid presence sort of thing like and i think that 
if the defense was firing on all cylinders, it would be the defense that they wanted. But instead, we cannot have a pair, both pairings work at the same time. We have to alternate between whether or not these pairings are effective. Um, and with the goaltending too, I think that due to injury, it wasn't exactly the tandem that the team wanted going into the season. Cause you could tell with the pickup of Mrazek, it was like, okay, no, they're going to split these like as 50, 50 as possible. That's going to be great. Mrazek blows his groin and Jack has to start like the first three months himself, essentially. So I think that it's like on paper, this team is what I think like the brain trust wants and believes can do it. And um, Keith also agrees with sort of thing because like Kyle and Keith are very much in communication in terms of like what the team is and everything. It's just those things that always pop up during a season, yeah. whether it's injuries or slumps or whatever, that it's like kind of the foil in the plan. One of the things that's always jumped out to me is that when the vultures start circling, there's been a few times where the Leafs have kind of had, and I, I don't want to say an identity crisis, but they've imported guys who just totally don't fit, like with Felino last year, Matt Martin a couple years ago. Just, I understand you're doing that to appease the we need a tough guy in the room kind of thing. But at the same time, that's not your identity. Mm. Importing one guy is not going to change the composition of your team. No, exactly. Especially when the majority of your team are like young, skillful, speed, like yeah. very like new age thinking about the game, like the way that Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews and William Nylander think about the game are even going to be different than the way John Tavares thinks about the game. Yeah. So then you bring in a guy like Nick Felino, who's like none of those things, like maybe he is good in a room, uh, but like at what cost? And we saw it was a pretty significant cost for him to get injured in like the third game of the playoffs. So it's very like, I found that they've definitely seemed to move away from it a bit. Like we did have yes. Felino last year, but like on the grand scale of things, like this is very much like, like I've described it to people as this is now finally like Kyle's team. This isn't like Kyle's adopted team from Lou Lamorello with like Kyle pieces. It's very much like the guys that have come up from the Marlies very much his guys all of the signings have been his signings like there's no one there that is kind of like the outsider in terms of like he's only here to hit he's only here to punch he's only here to do all these things like a David Clarkson kind of thing yes. uh, guard the water bottles and everything like that like I think the Leafs need to lean into the fact that their identity is like a very fast skillful team that is just gonna like deke the shit out of you or do a drop pass you have no idea is coming or just like an insane wrister kind of thing like thinking that they need all these other pieces I think dilutes what they actually are and I think what they actually are is a team that can win because you can just outskill a team yeah so you mentioned it before that the defense has kind of been <laughs> it hasn't been able to click this year yet and I went yeah. and looked and like the numbers aren't horrendous but they're not good would you what would would you say that's probably the biggest problem right now and is it more of a just they need to find the right mix they need one more guy they need to change the way they're playing what about the defense isn't working well what it seems like is that hall and muzzin have just like regressed like crazy in a way that like no one was expecting kind of thing and so 
I, I know that like the kind of mumbling is like, oh, we need to bring in like another defenseman. We need to do this. Like there's been a lot of like Ben Sherratt talk, which is horrifying to me to go back to like, not our identity. Like don't do that. Um, but I think like, I don't really know like who we'd even kind of look at because our yeah. cap hit is such a like tricky thing. Yeah. And it's really, just I think they just need to kind of get back in their groove but I don't know what it is because like I said it just feels like they've completely regressed and are kind of a liability when they're on the ice sort of thing and it's like you guys I don't know what you did because like Morgan Riley's been really great this year like he's kind of bounced back he was having a few seasons where he's kind of like all over the place um TJ Brody has been just like incredible like I I don't know what we do without him. It's so nice to have Morgan Riley on a pair with like a competent defenseman. Um, uh, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren have both been like really great in terms of like new guys and everything, but they're not ready to be like secondary defensemen. Um, Travis Dermott has been fine in terms of like where he falls in the pairing, but it's just the, the hall and muzzin of it all. And what is the missing piece here is it someone we need to swap out so that like Holland Muzzin can take breaks is it just that they need to like get their groove back uh is it like a lingering injury is it like it's very I I don't know but the defense is definitely the thing besides like Jack Campbell's like mortality yes truly (laughs) when will like (laughs) he is mortal I promise uh and when like he needs rest that is that and the defense I think are my two kind of biggest like actual concerns and kind of like red flags and just things that are very worrisome in the back of the brain right now I think your one advantage about the whole Sherratt thing is right now that's only out there because Montreal desperately wants to get rid of him (laughs) and all of the insiders have nothing to report right now so they can tweet every single day Montreal asking first round pick B prospect for Sherratt there's very much not a lot of news out there right now so they're trying to fill the void desperately and we still have a month of this to go unfortunately we do and the unfortunate thing about like leafs twitter in particular is they'll see a rumor like that and just pick it up and run with it and convince themselves it's good like stockholm syndrome themselves yeah. into being like you know that might actually be a good call to pick up ben shira and i kyle don't listen to them log out yeah. step away from the computer <laughs> Kyle's Twitter presence is very interesting, where he will just randomly <laughs> like tweets every now and then and send it's, everybody a new attention. It's horrifying. It's just like, why are you lurking, Kyle? Why are you name searching? Please do your job. Don't look at what we're tweeting. Like, don't look at us. Pay attention to your team. Please do Cause that. Because he's not that old. Like, I, I can understand. Like, he he's not like our generation he's one generation removed from us so like he was like internet 1.0 like he was probably a big myspace guy like in my mind yeah like he definitely definitely had a really good song when you went on his page that kind of yeah no exactly if he could he'd have the arkells like on his twitter page (laughs) right now absolutely so this is totally just off the wall random question how do you feel about 
the Hall and Oates song is the goal song because this oh, is very good this, question. This is very much a dividing line where like a lot of younger people are like, what the fuck is this? And then there's the boomers who are like, what the fuck is this? And yeah. it's just like, you don't what you don't like Hall and Oates. Like, that's where I'm at with this. I think it's fun. I yeah. think it's very fun. Just like it's a very like upbeat, yeah. like a fun little like boppy song to like get you kind of happy. It's a very like joyful sort yeah. of thing. I mean, like, what are the other options? Like woohoo or like song one by blur, like <laughs> miscellaneous rock songs from the 80s, which like are fun. I enjoy those, but like there's something different about it yeah like because it's not the like like glam rock screaming kind of thing or like anything like that like it's it's kind of weird and I think that's part of the fun of it it's like having um our win song is right back where we start which yeah. does not seem like a hockey win song in any way like I don't know who picked that but I can like, tell you who picked that oh Lou picked that and he brought it to Long Island and the Islanders oh, right. do that too now. Because yeah, now when I watch Islanders games, I'm like, solar fucking song too. Thanks, Lou. Like Yes. yes. Lou like, is very much a creature of habit. Yeah. So like it's weird because you think they would have like shed it by now, considering it was a Lou Lamorello thing, but I guess the guys like it. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's just like it's kind of quirky. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't I'm concerned that if we moved to change the song it would be Justin Bieber because he is our like hockey mascot so I fear what would be put in its place I don't trust them to make good decisions so I I'm happy sticking with where we are right now because okay. of the looming Justin Bieber <laughs> understandable because I remember last year, like last year, because, you know, the North Division was just chaos. I was watching a lot more than I usually would. So I was watching the Leafs and then something about it in the empty arena. It just kind of hit better that the Hall and Oates song in an empty arena. Which yeah. just, it's just the guys yelling and jumping <laughs> on each other. Like there's something better about that it, to some degree. It made the song better for some reason. It's very yeah. like dad energy yes. kind of thing yes. of them being like, yeah, you're great. And Hall and yeah. Oates in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is another important question. This okay. is something me and my friends debate all of the time. Is Austin Matthews actually cool or is he trying <laughs> to be cool? Because me and my friends debate this all of the time. I think he's trying to be cool and not actually cool. <laughs> I think that Austin Matthews is hockey cool which okay. isn't like actually cool like if you saw austin matthews like at your high school kind of thing you'd be like oh fucking hockey player guy of course yeah. kind of thing like out in the wild he's not cool but because he is one of the like sole hockey players that has a smidge of personality just like the bare minimum like he got his ears pierced and like everyone like exploded about it kind of thing of just like hockey players never done this before which yeah. is just like this sport is so embarrassing i hate it here i can't believe this is big news but i think he's i think he's hockey cool i think okay. when he goes and does stuff with like justin bieber no one thinks he's cool kind of thing i like, always feel bad 
I always feel bad for when he goes to a UFC event with Bieber and they show the two of them and then there's like four other Leafs with them and they don't even get their names on the screen. It's just like, oh, exactly. could, yeah, like I get what you're doing, Austin. Like you are the most famous of all of them, but like show your friends some love. They're with you in Arizona. When they went to the UFC match, it was funny because Freddie Anderson was there too. Yeah. He was in a separate row. Yeah. But I'm like, Austin, come on, man. You, you got to get your butt in the row with you at yeah. least. See, this is the kind of shit I'm talking about where the Leafs are the center of the universe, yeah. where it's like they have the one interest, one of like the six interesting hockey players. They have Mitch Marner who adopts the personality of somebody else on the team every single season, which is also <laughs> one of my favorite subplots where like him and Jack Campbell have the matching dress pants thing going on. Oh it's just, it's interesting. Like this is one of the few teams with a little bit of flavor. They do have a, a little bit of flavor, just a yeah. like a hockey amount of flavor. And yeah. That was one thing, like, to go back to the all or nothing that was, like, a, a little disappointing is that they didn't get into that enough. Like, yeah. I think because it was the COVID season, so they weren't able to, like, follow them to, like, restaurants or, like, when they go yeah. shopping or, like, anything like that. We got a lot more, like, kind of forced personality things, like making Tavares sit down with his uncle, other John Tavares, and discuss <laughs> leadership. But, like, you get those like smidge, like little glimpses of personality. And it is something that like, I wish, like the Leafs are like, quote unquote, like more progressive in that sense of like kind yeah. of letting the players have personality, especially coming from like the Lou Lamorello, Mike yeah. Babcock era. Um, like, but at the same time, I wish they'd lean into it so much more. Yes. Like when they announced the TikTok partnership, I was like, please give me the goods. Like, give me them just like, like make them do ridiculous things. Like make them like mouth along to different audios, but like they still kept it kind of tame. And I'm like, you have the option. You have William Nylander, make him do yes. something. He's such a weirdo, just like film him for a day see what he does he's like a weird little cat like he, he's very interesting he just be popping up in the most random places just different hairstyle different <laughs> style of outfit every single time i see him where it's just like yeah i have a man bun now yeah now i have a flow <laughs> just like how'd you do that in like two weeks like don't you have to like know. grow your hair a little bit his hair is fascinating to me because it, it can truly be it's like he wakes up in the morning and was like you know i'd like it a little like a little longer and it just grows yeah and you're like, oh, okay. I guess Willie has long hair now. Right now, he's doing like the goatee thing, which we yeah. are. I don't. I don't endorse that. No. <laughs> I do Did, not support agreed. it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely lean into that. I mean, they had the Apple commercial a couple years ago, which was like that yeah. was like, oh my god, hockey players are this important? They get to be in Apple commercials. I know that was wild when they yeah. got the like Apple commercial. That was like crazy, and that was fun because it was literally just Matthews and Marner like hanging out in the city like going to restaurants and going to the rink and like again like it's like even that's like like if you compare it to any other league it is no personality at all but like considering the just absolute dry personalities of the nhl like you need to just fucking lean into those things as much yeah. as you can which is why i think like austin matthews is pushed everywhere so much yes. because they're like this one has personality quick like throw a camera in front of him and it's like i mean the other guys probably do too you just have to kind of let them show it sort of thing like i remember during um 
the first break we had, like in 2020, Mitch Marner started like a Twitch stream yeah, and was like donating money to the Marner Foundation, everything like that. And that was really fun because it was like, it was like all of the walls were down sort of thing. Like all the media walls were down and everything. And it was just him and like his brother and his buddies like fucking around on Call of Duty and like doing like TikTok dances. And like, he had like a chat that people were like moderating. So people were like, oh, Mitch, play this song. Like Mitch was like doing like the DJ, he'd start randomly playing songs. And you're like, why is every time we touch playing right now? Like, and that's the kind of stuff that's like, no, you need to let guys do this. Like you need to, like let them kind of express themselves in these ways so that you do get these personalities and people can be like oh Mitch Marner seems fun like he's like a golden retriever come to life why don't I watch the Maple Leafs and ta-da new fan like but that doesn't sell tickets to corporate companies to buy boxes <laughs> yeah no, that... exactly all the big firms on Bay Street aren't buying tickets because Mitch Marner was fun so I guess <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. People get uptight about the most random shit like that. You go in like the cesspool of the replies of the team accounts. It's like they oh. tweet the most innocuous thing. There's 800 people in the replies being like, what is this? What, you've I mean, never heard of Black History Month? You are 45 <laughs> years old and you don't know what Black History Month is. Like, bare minimum here. We're not like, no. you know, militant leftism. It's happy Black History Month. <laughs> There's an yeah, African-American no. player on the team. We have to acknowledge this. Like, no, exactly. Like, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, because that's the thing. It's like, this league could be so much more fun. Like this league could do so much with the personalities they do have. But then there's just this huge subsection of the fan base that's just like, so just like, how dare you do that? Like <laughs> purely just like a thousand Don Cherries just like yes. come to life kind of thing who are just like holding the sport in place and refusing to let it move despite like there's like so much good work going into trying to like get hockey like out there to people like black girl hockey club and everything yeah. but these guys are just like no i refuse to let go of my sport even though i hate everyone in it now that's the thing man it doesn't make sense no speaking speaking of this topic I do think we're in better hands because it seems like the children in hockey get it. Like Jack Jack Hughes, like Jack Hughes and Zegris, like they get it. Like they they are literally TikTok children. So they like really they are. go on TikTok and see ideas and like, okay, I'm doing that. And that's good for the sport. Like there has been more hockey in my casual conversation with this is anecdotal, of course, but of the people I talk to about sports in general, they're talking about hockey more than ever because it's on ESPN now, which is important, especially mm -hmm. just for the clips on social media for the crazy shit. Like mm -hmm. the Kale McCarr goal against the Blackhawks, like everybody in my group chat was like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And that was there's so much opportunity here. I know mm -hmm. I do this all the time. I like every <laughs> single episode. It's just, there's so much opportunity. Hockey's no, awesome. Let, there, yeah, let, more, no. let more people enjoy it. That's the thing. Yeah, no, it's like hockey is so good. It's so fast. It's yeah. like, so uh, like the rules are kind of, don't, don't ask me to explain goal interference, but like just watching like men zoom up and down the ice is, is fun. Like yes. it's entertaining. It's easy to keep your attention. Um, like, as opposed to like, uh, like I am like a football fan and everything, but 
football has a lot of pauses. There's a yes. lot of stoppages and there's a lot, like it's a long time. Hockey is a quick, like three hours on TV kind of thing. It's very fast. The playoffs are truly unmatched, like yeah. in terms of just like the intensity and like the, the fact that it is a like seven game series, I think is something that like hockey is great for because it builds those rivalries like by the time you get to game seven these guys hate each other like they do have like all of the pieces there it's just putting it together yes. and like you said i think i think like the players coming up being raised by ovechkin kind of thing like yes. they were watching like ovechkin do all of his things like i really hope that that's kind of like the trend we're going to because like even just to see like Kaprizov do like the Ovi yeah. breakout breakaway challenge when when you think back and when Ovi did that the first time people were so fucking annoyed about that yes. and like so mad at him for like how dare you do all that extra stuff and now he's being like like referenced in the breakaway yeah. challenge like it gives me it gives me hope it gives yeah. me a little bit of hope it's hard not to have a little bit of hope the, the children are going to be all right I think yeah I think fingers so, crossed sir circling back more towards the hockey side of things what is your biggest fear the rest of the way uh, <laughs> i mean i think that's a very open-ended question <laughs> yeah. i think my biggest fear is just like the 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 wheels fall off jack campbell i don't i don't want that to happen jack campbell's yeah. been just so wonderful and he's been incredible and I just want to make sure that the team, like they seem to be kind of making it so that Mrazik's getting more starts, not necessarily just back-to-back -back starts. Like they're trying to split it up more and I'm really hoping that helps. I don't think the like several breaks help as well. Like when they had the like long pause at Christmas and then the all-star break. So I'm hoping that he's getting his feet back under him and everything. But I think like my, excuse me, one biggest fear would be just, jack campbell turning back into a pumpkin yeah yeah that that riding the goalie coaster is a stressful experience thankfully i've never had to do that that's the one thing <laughs> my team has been outright egregiously bad for multiple seasons in a row but i've never had to ride the goalie roller coaster and for that i'm very grateful you get one you get like goalies that work and a team that doesn't and or a yes. team that works and goalies that don't <laughs> so in terms of the rest of the way what do you think is going to happen and what would you like to happen? I mean, like this might just be being like optimistic and everything, but I, I like to think that they make it past the first round and okay. I think they can. And okay. if we do that, then it's kind of like the world is our oyster. I think because <laughs> you, you get that monkey off you back, your back, you slay the dragon, you like, no more pressure ever because yes. everyone will just be like that's our stanley cup is making it past the first round i fully expect that they can do this like i the team that i see on the ice is a team that i think can beat uh at, like really any team and like i said a seven game series like anything can happen you you never know like it might be really tough against like a florida or a tampa but like hopefully we don't get them i don't know but like it's i think they can do it i think they can do it if they it's whether or not they do do it yes. sort of thing if they don't do it i expect 
some explosions. I don't know how long Dubas will have as GM if they don't make it past the first round again. Same, like I said, with Keith. I worry about like the core if there's disappointment again, because like, especially if it also falls on like Keith, like that's his, the the core is his baby kind of thing. So I feel like, I think they can do it and I want them to do it. And I think the team has the, um, has the pieces to do it. It's just whether or not they can find it in themselves. So one of the interesting things I just thought about while you were saying that, so let's say they finally do win a round. How quickly do you think everybody turns on them that, okay, but you haven't won a cup, even if they do oh, win immediately, that first Immediately. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was just asking if there might be a one-year grace period or something, but you're <laughs> probably right. one week. I think they yeah. get a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. They get a week to be like, hey, you did it. Good job. I'm so proud of you guys. Stanley Cup now. There's, there's yeah. nothing stopping you. Like the next round could literally be like Tampa with like everyone back and like Vasilevsky and everything. And they'd be like, no, I expect a Stanley cup now. Like that's the thing is that right now our, our, like our hill to climb is the first round of the playoffs. And it's a very, I mean, it's not a small hill, but it's a small hill kind of thing. Yeah. And then as soon as we get over that hill, there is a much bigger hill that people will be yelling about. And that's, Leafs, baby. <laughs> How depressed were you on Sunday about Joe Burrow? Oh my God. I was so upset. Cause like, I can't be that upset because it was like an amazing game. Like you can't really like want anything more from like a Super Bowl, especially, but it just would have been such like the cherry on top of the story, especially like coming back from like the injury and just, leading this team that had like what was it like eight wins total the last two seasons to the Super Bowl and I like it would have been such just like the perfect bow on it kind of thing and it, it was sad and then of course they like show his face like after that like it like interception like that last play and I'm just like no don't show me the sad quarterback don't show me the sad quarterback I hate that shit, man. At the Olympics, it's even worse. The oh Olympics, God. it kills me. The World Juniors, too, where it's like, yeah, you got the silver medal, and then close up of a kid crying. Like, that's like a Literal high school children. senior. That's a <laughs> high school senior. Leave that kid alone. I know. It's literally always just like, wow, look at the happy, happy gold medal team pan to the sobbing children. Like, <laughs> And like you said, same with the Olympics. Like I was watching the other day and this girl, like um, she didn't, they, they didn't win the like uh, women's uh, speed skating relay or something. And they were talking to them and they're all on the verge of tears. And I'm just like, please just let them go. Yeah. Just let them, we don't need this. I don't need this. This isn't impacting my life in any, just leave them alone. <laughs> Unless my only caveat is when they showed Brad Marchand crying. That's... He lost the cup. And that's... That was nice. That was good. That felt good to me personally. <laughs> so would you like to understand how deep my brain worms go with hockey? Yes. So I assume you're familiar with the Taylor Swift song, Cruel Summer. Yes? Yes. So to me, since that song has come out, that song always makes me think about losing the Stanley Cup. That Because that is the end of the season in the middle of summer, late June. And then you have to stew on that the entire summer. 
you think about that the entire two months. I always think about Brad Marshawn crying when I hear that song. <laughs> I think about, I spent my entire childhood being like, yeah, I'm going to play hockey when I grow up. I'm going to be a professional hockey player. Now I'm like, you know, 25 and like, I'm not going to be a professional hockey player, but I still am like, fuck, man. I spent all that time. I can only imagine how many hours of Brad Marshawn's life he spent to get to that point only to lose. Like, just the brain worms are horrendous. I need to go touch grass. <laughs> One, really... incredible. Um, and two, yeah, no, that it's an apt analogy. Like, and yeah. also just like, I mean, I, I laugh at Brad Marchand because that is my duty in life, but like, I would be catatonic. Like, I would be just laying on the ice. You'd hear yeah. me like as they were interviewing other players, like the winning team, like I'd yeah. still be on the ice just wailing. <laughs> like, I can't do that. See, that was going to be my next question. Are you, uh, I'm staying on the ice after they're presenting the cup to the other team, or are you going to the room to cry? Because that Both. tells you a lot about a. <laughs> Because that says a lot about who you are as a competitor, because that's always a hard picture of the one guy who stays out while they're giving the other team the trophy. But at the same time, like, I think I'm going to go cry in the locker room. I, I need this to myself. Actually, no, I know exactly what I am. I'm a, like, storm off the ice, like, oh. throw everything that's in my way, kick things um everything you're like and you would hear me from the locker room just fucking losing my mind yeah. and just throwing everything that's what i would be because no absolutely not yeah. even just watching like i remember every single like playoff loss we've had which all of them have gone to seven basically because why not and every single one that final goal is scored by the opposing team and i just storm away <laughs> like it doesn't matter where i am or what i'm doing if i'm watching with other people or if i'm watching alone i am storming <laughs> are you a turn the tv off as soon as it hits triple zeros or are you just gonna sit there for a second and stew and then storm off because I'm a turn the storm. <laughs> I'm a turn the TV off as soon as it hits triple zeros, and then go like sit in bed and stare at the ceiling person. That kind of thing. Where it's just like, like I'm a kiss, so I have to watch them interview the other team. That's just like we're so oh. excited to go to next round, and I'm just like I, I hate you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get you out of here, please plug your work, plug your Twitter. You're very funny. I wanted. I was trying to. I was trying to toe the line between liking tweets and not liking every single one of them, but you were on a heater two Sundays ago, and I was just like, oh, well, if if this is weird, this is weird, but she's funny. Oh, well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's never weird. I do it to people all the time. I'm like, I've just liked like 12 tweets in a row. I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing yeah. now. Um, no, well, thank you. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, spelled Y-A. Um, you can listen to me on uh, Real Good Pros, and that's good with a U. That's a Leafs-focused podcast that I host with my friend Helen. That's super fun. Uh, and I also have a newsletter I send out basically weekly, just because apparently I don't have enough outlets to talk. <laughs> um, and that's uh, pinned on my Twitter, so you can find it there. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. This was super fun. I love bullshitting with people. This is what I, I love just, I love talking and, and <laughs> having good guests makes it easier. So thank you for coming on. No problem. I'm always happy to be a person to talk at. <laughs>
that's one of the weird things that you kind of have to get over the whole just like i have to kind of do that it's <laughs> four years of journalism school they still don't really teach you how to like you know have a conversation but you still kind of have to talk at the person it's yeah it's no, complicated it, no that is not a skill that people teach but no uh, i think you did great so <laughs> okay uh, hey i will take that i will take that <laughs> So that will just about do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow. We'll talk Redneck Super Bowl, a bunch of other things. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I will see you tomorrow. 